by Riverside. Hello and welcome to another episode of Men in Gitch, where two men who may or may not be in their gitch are talking about all the video game goodness that you might want to hear about. Although, today is a special episode. Again, another one. Um, and I am not joined by Brandon. He is not here. He's somewhere melting in the Nevada desert, um, probably being attacked by scorpions or some other crazy shit that happens there. Uh, no, today I am joined by a special guest, uh, the host of the podcast, PXN. Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, sir? <laughs> I, I am, um, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. No, thank you. For, thank you for joining me. Um, so today... Uh, I might as well let everyone know today is a, an episode we're going to talk about nothing other than Halo Infinite because, my lord, it looks fantastic. And uh, I'm a huge Halo guy, and I uh, I reached out across the interwebs to find another huge Halo guy. Um, yes. And we are going to talk to you about what we saw, what we like, what we didn't like, although, to, spoiler alert, there's really not much of that. Um, and <laughs> what our hopes and prayers are for Infinite and what we think uh, 343 might do with this game and with this franchise. So if you enjoy Halo Infinite, if you're a big Halo person, then uh, yeah, consider sticking around and listening to us uh, idiots just gush about Halo for <laughs> however long we go on for. Um, before we get into it, Dan, did you want to uh, plug uh, your uh, podcast and what you're working on and where the people can find you? Yeah, sure. Uh, I, yeah, we do a weekly podcast every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Twitch, which you, have, you of course, uh, make appearances quite often. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. We're at Podcast PXN on Twitter or Dan is DTM on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, all things PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. We, we cover it all. Yeah. Yes. Uh, very similar to our show. And the way that I think about it in my head is that if our two shows are the sides of Harvey Dent's coin, your side is the clean side, and my, our podcast is the <laughs> chart side. <laughs> That's definitely... <laughs> so if you want a more structured approach to your news, definitely go check out Podcast PXN, because <laughs> uh, it's it is, it's very good stuff. And yes, I do harass you guys in the chat every now and again. Um, <laughs> now, it's almost become a, a running meme on this uh, on this podcast that every episode we can't seem to not talk about the weather and i i would feel wrong if i didn't bring it up what is yeah. the weather like in kentucky right now it is actually fairly nice out right now uh but uh it's a little cloudy you know we were expecting rain today but we didn't get any rain so i mean it's pretty nice there you go. like 80 degrees out so so is that are you guys in the eastern time zone as well or are you guys specific yes eastern oh, okay nice all right because uh that's another thing is that uh, Rishan and I constantly have to, uh, we, we were setting up to play Destiny 2 the other day, and he he uh, specified what time he was going to be on Eastern, even though he and I live like 15 minutes away from each other. And I was <laughs> like, see, this is the problem with hosting with Americans is that you get into this mindset that you constantly have to adjust your time zones. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It does get it does get annoying for sure uh, when when you're playing at you know eight p.m. at night or something and someone's like oh I just got home from work it's five p.m. I'm like oh I forgot right exactly Pacific. yeah um, but enough about the weather it's time to talk about Halo um, yes. so we saw quite a bit uh, this year the game looks 
so good. A huge visual improvement over um, last year, I think, uh, especially in terms of Chief's armor. I noticed that during the cutscene is that his armor is definitely a lot more um, busted up and broken. There's a couple dents in some spots I thought was really, really good. Um, so from what we saw so far, the story, how how are you feeling about Infinite? Are you think it's... Is it nailing the tone and the sort of vibe of, of old school Halo? What's that doing for you? Yeah, uh, man, <laughs> people who follow me on Twitter uh, know that I literally always call it 343's Halo 3 right. because Halo 3 is my favorite game of all time, not just Halo game, but game in general. And I really feel like this is kind of the penultimate uh, 343 Halo game. Like this is the halo game that they've wanted to make for a long time and so far like you said it looks really good and especially the campaign the campaign uh the recent um teaser we got in this last e3 2021 showcase looked i thought really really much improved over last year's july showcase event and i did see some people criticize uh that they didn't show like actual gameplay for campaign which is a valid criticism um, but in terms of the actual environment, I thought it looks a lot better and there wasn't popping, there wasn't right. crazy, you know, things happening on screen. So, and oh my God, like you said, Chief's armor looks so freaking so good. good. It, like it's, it, the armor already looked good in their previous reveals, but like now it's like gritty and dirty and scratched up and oh, so good. So good. I think, yeah. So a big thing that a lot of people, um, or I should say that some people uh, had uh, with previous 343 games was the armor redesign. And uh, to see them go back, not only to classic Halo, but still, it's still a new set of armor. They didn't, they didn't just copy the Halo 3 armor. So uh, yeah, like you said, from the, from the straight reveal, I thought, oh my God, Chief looks so good. And then every time we've seen him since that 2018 reveal, uh, or 2019 reveal it might have been, um, he just looks better and better every time we see yeah. him. And yeah, the um, the scorch marks on his armor and the dents in the scratch, like it's so much, like that's Chief. He goes through hell for mm -hmm. Earth and for humanity, right? So I thought that was a nice touch. I do wonder if, uh, will we see his armor progress over the course of the, like is that how his armor looks all the time? Or does his armor mm -hmm. start off sort of how we saw it in the first E3 demo? And then as the story progresses, maybe it, it gets, it ages with time. Do you think that might be something that they're going for? Yeah, that that actually is a really good point that I hadn't really thought thought about that much. Uh, but yeah, you're right that that July gameplay demo we got last year was uh, him and the pilot kind of you know crash landing into uh, the uh, Zeta Halo ring, and his armor looked pretty pristine there. And then now the look that we got now, Chief is in some sort of like zero gravity, talking to the pilot and kind of working his way through the debris. And it, it did look a lot different, so like scratched up and such. So yeah, I w that would be a super cool gameplay mechanic. That over time, it just like gets grittier and darker. And like one of that just reminded me, like one of the crazy attention to details that I absolutely loved was like when Chief was floating through that uh, area. Like there was Marines uh, that were uh, dead Marines that were floating in space. There were dead Covenant floating in space. Chief dealt with the dead marines very differently than he dealt with yes. the dead covenant yeah. like he was so ginger with the gingerly and 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 not you know aggressive with the 
uh, Marines' bodies as opposed to the Covenant. He was like tackling them and that, turning them around. He disrespected that jackal. Did you catch that? <laughs> yeah. He absolutely disrespected that jackal. Um, absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I was just thinking about it because I actually hadn't really considered that until I was just thinking about it now. But how cool would it be as a passive storytelling mechanic that when Chief gets, you know, like we saw in the previous, um, uh, the previous year's E3 demo, his armor is pristine. There is, they still had some slight de- detailing, like there was uh, around the crevices of the armor, like the green was peeled off and there was a little bit of silver on it. But how yeah. how awesome would it be as a passive uh, storytelling mechanic if you know you're playing this game throughout and say it's a say it's a, an expansive 20, 30 hour campaign. You know, the first cutscene he looks like how he looks in the first gameplay demo that we saw, and then by the end of it, his armor is just completely just you know torn up and like covered in scorch marks and you know maybe there's a big you know moment at the end like i just think that would be a really cool idea because they've changed his armor from game to game like i think halo 2 his armor was pretty pristine and then halo 3 obviously uh pretty torn up but to see that throughout one game seeing him in cutscenes, i think that'd be pretty cool yeah like another thing that just popped into my head like uh cortana's words that she says uh when chief is floating in space there a lot of people took those words as like her talking about herself like when she's talking about uh like what would you do if you knew you were gonna die or something like that and like people took that as her uh referring to herself but i almost feel like it could be not to say that this definitely would happen but it could be like kind of uh, foreshadowing to maybe Chief's possible demise right. and maybe like that that slow degradation of his armor over the entire game leads to his death. Maybe I don't know. That might be a little too crazy, but well, I actually I, I actually have a point here to talk about that just a little bit later. Um, so that's interesting that you bring that up. Um, so uh first thing to get into for the campaign um we'll talk about the campaign now and then we'll get into multiplayer and gameplay stuff later but um how much of a sequel do you think this is to halo 5 because i have seen some people theorizing that they've 343 has already come out and said that they're not retconning anything this is a direct sequel but a lot of people have said that uh tonally and from what we've seen so far it seems more of a sequel to halo 4 than it is to halo 5 um are you getting those vibes at all or do you think how do you think they're going to handle because we left off obviously um uh fighting the didact in in season four who's still out there you know on the loose and then um obviously cortana's storyline in halo 5 do you think this will pick up directly from halo 5 or do you think it'll be more of a sort of sequel to both kind of generally yeah uh yeah, so they've pretty much said that they will have, you know, obviously Halo 5 is still canon, so obviously every all the events of Halo 5 will still be, you know, take have taken place in Halo Infinite, but I think I think they are very much trying to get away from Halo 5 because this takes place well after the events of Halo 5. I can't remember the exact timing of it, but it's well after Halo 5 and I think they did that purposely because they're kind of saying like after everything settled down and like what the uh, outcome was of Halo 5, like now this is our world, like this is what we have to uh, to live with, I guess. And I do think it's interesting to see what the Cortana storyline ends up being, because as we heard in that uh, most recent gameplay or campaign look, uh, Cortana obviously was being prepared for deletion 
and uh, she either didn't get deleted or something happened there. And I think it's very interesting to see like what happens with the weapon, which is the new Cortana, so to speak, and how she's going to interact with Cor- the real Cortana. Um, I don't know. Yes, I've seen people drawing a lot of comparisons between Cortana and the weapon and um, in the expanded universe, uh, Mendicant Bias, and, and how that storyline sort of played out and... I think, I mean, I can see the parallels there as well. I think that that might be something that we see kind of end up happening. But um, for the people at home and for, admittedly, myself, um, Halo 5, um, give us a quick summary on how the, on where Halo 5 ended up. Because I have a general idea, but I don't really know the specifics. I know that it focused on uh, Cortana going rogue and, and uh, sort of um, yeah. commandeering uh, Forerunner technology and, and all that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so essentially Halo 5 Cortana just went nuts um, and people attribute that to uh, her going into the domain which I guess the do- the domain is just like a giant like uh, infrastructure of, of information like right. there's just everything in the universe is there and that, Cortana mix, that had... mixed with her rampancy obviously is not a great combo <laughs> no not at all it uh, equals crazy uh, lunatic Cortana and uh, essentially, she um, she lures Blue Team uh, to to this place where uh, she can capture Chief because I guess she has this weird thing that she wants to hold on to Chief. But anyways, uh, team uh, Fire Team Osiris ends up saving Chief and Blue Team and all of that. But Cortana ends up uh, taking over the Guardians, which is the Forerunner uh, giant bird looking things that are on the box art of Halo Five. Right. And they essentially run the galaxy. So uh, she starts to call out to AIs all across the galaxy to essentially say, join me or you're against me. And uh, she starts to enact her taking over the galaxy, I guess. And uh, it ends with her essentially uh, trying to track down all of humanity, including the Infinity, which is the final uh, cutscene for Halo 5, where she pops up on the infinity's uh, deck and says, found you. Uh, and the infinity ends up doing like a random jump to get away from her. And that was kind of the end of it, but yeah. So kind of a crazy ending. I actually liked the ending um, of Halo five. It was a bad story, but the end was kind of, kind of neat. That sounds actually really eerie and, and actually quite, yeah, that sounds quite awesome. Just uh, I'll have to, I'll have to yeah. watch that cutscene. But so, so, Clearly, a lot has happened since then because that. So this Halo Five did end where I thought it ended, where Cortana is at the height of her power and is you know yep. about to wage war. Um, so it, to go from that to the weapon saying, "Oh, I thought I thought you already uh, sent her to the Infinity for deletion." That's that's quite a huge jump in time and yes. in events, right? So do we yep. are we going to see that over the course of the game, or do you think Halo Infinite picks up with say? Uh, I mean, obviously, we know that there's already been a skirmish over the ring between the Banished and uh, UNSC because um, the uh, the brute commander, who I can't think of his name right now, he's, he's taunting them and saying how we've already pretty much kicked your ass. So yes. do you think that um, whether we play it or not, do you think the story of Infinite is very much they've tracked Cortana to the, Z- to the Zeta ring and uh, yeah. and they, like they've already found her and then everything happens and then now we're playing trying to retrieve her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it I think it very much is going to throw away a lot of stuff from after Halo 5 and just 
you know, they'll reference what happened um, at Halo, at the end of Halo 5. And obviously the galaxy has changed since then. Yeah. But I don't think that it's going to start with, you know, you hunting down Cortana and finding her and then, you know, the whole deletion thing. I think it's going to essentially start. And I think what we saw actually is going to be very early in the game. Like, I think that cutscene with the uh, the weapon, I think that's going to be very early in the game. Interesting. Where which actually would contradict what we were talking about before about his armor getting roughed up over That's time. true. That is true, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but uh, I, I kind of think that that's going to happen in the beginning of the game because I don't think that 343 wants to try to explain everything that happened in Halo 5 to get people to understand what's going on in this game. And uh, Bonnie Ross has even been on record saying, like, she wants Halo Infinite to be able to be told in itself, like its own story. So she doesn't want to make other people play all the other games. But if you have played those games, then it makes Infinite even more interesting. So that's kind of I think that they will throw away a lot of stuff after Halo 5 events. But uh, I think they're obviously still going to reference those things. in game like you said halo 5 will still be considered canon and those events did happen but i could definitely see them doing that also another another small sign of that is that there's currently no plans to bring uh halo 5 to pc so obviously if this was a direct sequel and that knowledge was necessary you'd think that they would get that out there for their new audience uh on the platform so i think you're right yeah i did um i could i could see that cutscene being at the beginning for me i haven't really thought about it as much but for me tonally it did feel like a sort of 25% way through the campaign type scene. I didn't, I didn't quite get intro vibes. Like I I thought um, what we saw last year definitely seemed like uh, very intro uh, vibes, but yeah, that could definitely be possible. That would, that would shoot our armor theory in the foot. But if, like I said, man, if that's what chief looks like, I mean, I'm happy because chief looks great. Like, like that's, I would totally be happy with that. Um, so, uh, the next kind of point I want to talk to you about uh, the story of Halo is that they've already sort of uh, they've well they've said concretely that they're going to keep supporting this game after launch for years to come. Do you think we're going to get a conclusive end with the content that we get at launch for this story, or is it one of those things where it ends on a cliffhanger and they continue to add to Chief's story uh, as they add content to multiplayer? So I'll say this: even if uh, even if Infinite's story ends with, you know, Chief dying, like I kind of alluded to a little bit ago, and obviously I'm, I have no idea if that's going to happen. Right. It probably won't happen. But uh, even if the game ends with Chief dying, I think that they will have uh, story DLC for Infinite. And, I mean, it's a 10-year game. Like, they've talked about supporting this game for 10 years. So I feel like they have to support the lore and the the campaign audience um, because if they don't, then people will be like, I want a new Halo game. I want new stories. I want all this. Right. So like even if Chief is dead at the end of Infinite, like they could do other stories within, you know, Infinite's engine or or even like expand on, you know, what happened on the events of uh, Zeta Halo even before Chief appears or comes to Zeta Halo or like there's so many avenues i i think they could take in their their new engine like they just built this brand new spanking new engine for campaign and multiplayer like it'd be a waste to not you know continue to to develop new stuff for it 
Yeah, I I I hope we get a conclusive end to uh, the Chiefs story, um, yeah. and that's actually that's leading into my next point, which which like you said, uh, alluding to Chief dying, is that do do you as a Halo fan want Chief's story to end? And I'll 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 jump in here uh, first, in that my my answer to this as we talked as we talked about before we started recording, my answer to this is is yes, um, only for the fact that I. For me, Halo uh, Halo means so many things to so many different people. And like you said, Halo 3 is your favorite game of all time. Halo 2 is my favorite game of all time, you know, of any game, of any franchise. And it's one of those things where I fell in love, not necessarily with Chief and Cortana, although I did. It was the universe. I thought the universe and the characters and the factions and the rules for uh, the lore. And I, I thought it, I think it's all so top tier that... I almost think Halo as a franchise is almost limiting itself by only focusing on these two characters because there's so much interesting events that are referenced in in game and and, and in expanded universe. But I mean, for this for this for say this podcast, we'll only talk about the games. But like um like say how how often Reach was mentioned before we finally got Reach, and then we got Halo Reach, and it was like, oh man, this is awesome. Like yeah, uh, Halo ODST that was something that. Prior to that being announced, I don't think anybody could have, you know, was really thinking about like, oh yeah, we'll probably get a game where we where we don't play as a Spartan. Like, but then we got yeah. ODST, and again, absolutely incredible storytelling and uh, in universe building. So, for me yeah. personally, I would love to see them uh, put Chief to rest. Uh, you saying uh, so? What Cortana says while he's floating through, um, uh, while he's floating through the debris and just flinging grunts around. Um, I, I do think it is alluding to Chief, and I hope it is. I would love to see Chief finally actually give his life for humanity, because the, the guy's been through so much at this mm-hmm. point, uh, especially if you if you, uh, if you you look at the extended universe and, and the books and all that stuff. So um, for me personally, I would love to see uh, Chief bite the dust, as much as saying those words out loud is so, is so <laughs> antithetical to what I love about Halo, but... Um, yeah. that's, that's personally my take on it. And, and like we said, before we started recording the ending to halo three was so perfect to me. I thought that was a, a perfect ending. Um, yeah. and, uh, so yeah, I, I would like to see that. How, how do you feel about, uh, about chief story? Are you ready to, uh, to, to hang up the green helmet? <laughs> so it's such a tricky thing because when, when three, four, three killed Cortana in halo four, for lack of a better terms, uh, I was like, I was upset because I love Cortana. I love Chief and I love Cortana. And I feel like I have a different connection to them than than you do, and, right. uh, which is perfectly cool. I have like a, I have more of like an emotional connection to them that I feel like Halo 3 was kind of like, you know, the start of their like really close connection. And then Halo, f- uh, Halo 4 just like upped the ante like tenfold with their emotional connection, which I love that. Uh, and I know you, you aren't as big of a fan of that, which is completely understandable. You have a, a different perspective of, you know, chief as a vessel, which also makes sense and is valid as well. Right. Um, it's just like, I have such a close connection to both of them that when they killed her in halo four, I was like, God, no. And then, brought her back in halo 5 and i was like okay i don't love what you did with her here either so in infinite i'm hoping they 
quote unquote redeem Cortana before she goes away because I don't want to see, you know, crazy Cortana just be the epitome of that. And maybe the weapon is their sort of answer to that because it's a new AI taking on the persona of Cortana. Right. So maybe that's a happy medium. But as far as Chief, I feel like like I've said it so many times like to other people, like I I feel like this is the epitome of Chief's story and needs to be the close of Chief's story. Uh, it's just very hard for me to think about that because like, I love Chief right. and I don't want to see Chief die, but I feel like it would be such a powerful storytelling beat to have the end of the Chief's story in Infinite and have him die, you know, like you said, for saving humanity one more time. And... uh yeah, that would uh, that would definitely tear me apart when I watch that if that happens. But um, absolutely, yeah, I'm not. I'm still not sure if they'll do that or not because they they've talked so many times after Halo Five, uh, saying like Chief is Halo and like he's a big part of Halo, which I agree to an extent. But like you said, there's so many other stories that can be told as well. ODST was fantastic, um, and Reach as well, and. Yeah, I feel like eventually we're going to have to move away from Chief eventually, right? And Cortana. Like it has to expand from here. Absolutely. My my fear is that and I'm a I'm a big uh, I'm a big TV and movies guy and, and my thing is always I would much rather end something clamoring for more than end something going my god that went on way too long. So, yeah. <laughs> um I mean, there's so many examples you can use, like obviously more recently Game of Thrones, like that was a, that was a huge thing that a lot of people were super upset about. Um, And then you, and then, uh, yes. Okay. So you, you watched it as well. Yeah. Just absolutely terrible. Um, uh, And then the antith, and then the opposite of that would be something like Breaking Bad, which knew, which had Mm. an outline. It told the story it needed to tell and then it left. So, and my, and And my, sure, go ahead. No, uh, you're good. Uh, even with Breaking Bad, like a perfect example of like telling more stories in that universe. Uh, Better Call Saul yep. is fantastic as well. Yeah, and it has it had no reason to be. I remember thinking this is this is a gimmick and a half. I'm not gonna watch this, and then I watched it. And I was like, oh wow, this is really good. So yeah. my 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 issue with um yeah with with Chief's story is not necessarily that I'm I'm sick of Chief yet, but like how great would it be if Halo Infinite, this this massive game, this this thing we've been waiting, you know, uh, going on seven years uh, for. I, I want Chief to to sort of meet his end, but not in the way where it's sort of, you know, in a fight scene where he dives dives on a grenade. But imagine, <laughs> as as a Halo fan, getting something similar to what we saw in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Tony Stark, like that oh, kind man. of ending for Chief, where somebody just says, "You you you did it." Like you did it. You can, you can yeah. rest now that would hit me so hard. And I yes. think that would be a, like, I would rather have them that be the lasting sort of memory of chief, as opposed to getting to a point where we're like, okay, like this is, I, yeah. I, I don't want chief to die, but I would rather chief die than people ever get sick of chief. Cause that is just something True. that as a halo fan, I would not want because chief is so great. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. If, and this is just a hypothetical, say Halo Infinite ends with a complete story. So Chief's still alive. It ends with a, you know, a solid ending. Yep. Uh, it's It doesn't end with him dying. 
what if at the end of their 10 year plan or whatever their plan is for halo infinite they have one last campaign expansion or whatever like they have multiple over that 10 years and the last one ends with chief dying would you prefer to see chief die you know at the end of infinite knowing that like all right this is complete you know he didn't you know outstay his welcome or would you rather have it at the end of their 10-year plan where maybe they're uh setting up something else to go somewhere else after 10 years yeah see that's that's tough i mean assuming they do stick to the 10-year plan which i have doubts about because we've heard that before with destiny and that's uh that didn't quite happen i mean obviously there was there was uh, external factors with the activision acquisition and whatnot and uh um yeah. see that's my thing is that immediately 10 years of chief to me is worrying i don't know mm-hmm. my first my first thought is concerned because i don't want to i don't want to get too much chief i personally to answer your question i would i would rather chief story either come to a conclusion at the end of whatever content we get at launch or be set up for conclusion with a with a dlc coming rather soon like i would rather it end sooner rather than later and my my reason for that is, like we said, there's so much lore to explore in the Halo universe, but it's already been done, and it's already been done super successfully. Like, it's not a hypothetical yeah. where, where where 343 has to sit and, you know, oh, can we do Halo without Chief? Like, that, hmm. that um, formula is already there. It's already been proven to work, because Halo yeah. ODST, uh, people were so worried, you know, especially, you know, the whole full price thing, and it's an expansion... And then we all played ODST and went, holy crap, this is like one of the most atmospheric games ever. <laughs> and then same thing with Reach, like, oh, another game with no chief? Come on. And then you play it, and by the end of it, you're sitting there staring at Noble Six's helmet, weeping like a child. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, and I feel like we can pretty much uh, thank Bungie for those two games, because uh, if they hadn't told Microsoft they wanted to leave uh, from being a first-party studio, then we probably would have never gotten ODST or Reach. They were kind of a product of Bungie being like, all right, we're out, and Microsoft's like, all right, we need two more Halo games. Absolutely, and and um, and that's and that's sort of my... That, that, that comes back to the anchor of my point, is that Bungie... Um, they seem to have this idea in their heads that 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 Halo Three was where they were hanging up Chief Story, and uh, and for, for somebody like me, I, I, I like I said, I would have wished that that would have happened only for the fact that I thought the ending of Three was so just so perfect. Like I, I honestly think it's a perfect ending to a game, um, but that is coming from the from the perspective of somebody who views Chief as a vessel for the player to experience the broader story. So someone like yourself who views chief as the main character obviously the ending of three you're sitting there like oh man we're just getting good so i totally (laughs) understand the two sides of that coin i just happened to fall on the other side where i thought like man what a like again just him getting into the cryopod saying you know wake me when you need me and then cortana sits down and and sort of fades out i thought like that hit me so hard and i was like wow that's what a what a perfect ending so so hear me out here yeah at the end of halo infinite chief dies and then we get multiple campaign expansions over the 10 years that includes Spartans or a Spartan that is kind of going to take chief's mantle and the weapon, so to speak, or Cortana or whatever that ends up being is kind of the one guiding that new character. And then Cortana leaves after the 10 years. How does that sound? That sounds fucking perfect. Um, (laughs) I didn't even think about that at all, but that is a great balance of having chief put to rest, but 
but sort of like transitioning with court with a familiar character with with the weapon that actually is brilliant uh that's awesome and and here's my and this is my thinking too is that they've already um the uh multiplayer lead has already come out and said that your character in uh multiplayer will have some sort of narrative impact right so i think that would be that would be a really good idea is that um going forward with the campaign dlcs maybe this um this the spartans you play as uh, the mark i think what are we at gen 5 gen 6 spartans i yeah something like yeah, that I think that's, um yeah. maybe they're off somewhere training right and then they the first dlc is them arriving to zeta right and sort of seeing the aftermath and now you're picking up you're sort of taking the mantle and absolutely like you just suggested <laughs> You find the weapon or you find the pilot. That sounds awesome yeah. to me. See, that sounds really cool. Yes, because um, that, that that would literally be like Halo Reach because obviously Halo Reach, you play as your multiplayer character. And yeah, that honestly, I agree with you. you the more you were saying of it, I was like, yes, let's do it. Where do we sign? And that would fight. <laughs> and that would actually, that would bring it full circle with their, with their, um, with their talk of progression, because now yes. you have everything you're working for in multiplayer. You can actually see when you're playing campaign with your friends and you can use that as your sort of sandbox environment to sort of goof around with your friends and like, Oh, you know, let's do, you know, obviously maybe not a raid or whatever. Like we don't know how they're going to support uh, Halo Infinite long-term, but you jump into campaign and it's like, Oh, look at, look at what I've been working on. Look at my guy. Like that was the cool thing about Halo reach. Right. Um, and seeing, yeah. seeing him in cutscenes, right. Seeing your character do badass things in cutscenes. So um, yeah. yeah, see this, this is why Halo people need to get together and talk <laughs> because you go up with great ideas. That's yes. awesome. That is super cool. And uh, yeah. uh, even one better is that if you brought, they probably wouldn't do this because this would just be a, a, an absolute shit ton of voice lines I have to record. But if you had your personal AI from multiplayer interact with the weapon, like that would be kind of oh, neat. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I think, I think that's kind of where I would like that to end is that chief story ends. And like you said, the weapon, this new Cortana um, sort of whatever character we, we pick up the story as, if this happens is sure. Yeah. She's there to usher in uh, this new, sort of uh trilogy or this new uh section of the era era exactly era that's a, that's a yeah. better word of the and halo story um when we listen back on this episode six months from now we're gonna be spot on with all of these predictions by the way i some of this sounds pretty <laughs> solid i'm not gonna lie i was i was spitballing but some of this sounds really solid i like i like the idea of the weapon sticking around and sort of uh if chief did go to, to keep a familiar character around um but now you know what let's let's transition let's get into the meat of it um unless do you have do you have any other final closing comments for the campaign no uh i i think everything we kind of hit on so uh i'm extremely excited for the banished though like my gosh there's so much you know i feel like they have a lot more uh interesting like mechanics and like heart they have more heart i guess uh the brutes that follow atriox and all of his uh his top men, I forget the name. What is that called? Uh, Atriox's hand, I think, is what he calls his top lieutenants or whatever, uh, which is oh, so good. Can't wait to fight them. You know what? Yeah, let's 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 stick in campaign for a little bit because I do want to talk about the banished. The banished. You're right. There's something about them. They're so like I don't know, like visceral and just like the way their yeah. armor looks, the way the chopper looks. They're 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 even their banshees. Like it's so 
um, sort of Jerry, like everything kind of has like a Jerry rig sort of revolutionary type look where it's like, this stuff looks like it's made from scrap or reinforced or whatnot. And, and like Hyperius, uh, who's one of the bad guys, he freaking has, uh, what, uh, Spartan locks helmet on on his his shoulder shoulder. pauldron. Yes. Yeah. What do we think? What do we think's going on there? I mean, do we, um, so, Three four three has said that 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 specific you know design of him isn't like indicating any spoilers. So I don't think Spartan Locke is dead, but I also don't know that he's going to be in Infinite. So I'm not sure it's going to be like a weird. I feel like it's going to be a weird position uh, that people are in because we're like, oh, that's Locke's helmet, but where's Locke? Now here's another interesting thing because I did I did see that as well. His helmet didn't seem to be redesigned, so it, are they going to keep that old armor style cannon with some of the with that generation of Spartans? And is it just Chief who got his design retconned, or because uh, Locke's helmet is very spherical and very curvy? It'd be very strange to see the sort of Mark Seven body on Locke, but then he's got that helmet, right? Like I don't, yeah. Now, I felt, also he might not even show up at all, like you just said, right? So right and i feel like that that may have been just like you know the brutes taking that version of his armor and maybe he's in a different version of his armor if he is in the game uh so right. like m- maybe they wanted to be you know accurate in in regards to like they scavenged this old helmet from Locke from years ago or however long ago it was yeah now let me let me pitch something to you because this is something that i have thought about this is a little sort of gameplay okay. pie in the sky uh wish is that yeah. I, like I said, Halo 2 is my favorite one. And I think a big reason, well, first of all, Keith David is the arbiter. I mean, come on, the man has just got the voice of an angel. So that's <laughs> a big thing. But also somebody, I know I know this character means a lot to some people and doesn't mean anything to others, but um, Artas totally stole the show for me. Like he's like, he's just awesome. I think he's one of those cool sidekick characters that is just awesome. And I was thinking to myself, how cool would it be if they did want to introduce... Um, say the Arbiter and Artas is that if you're in a campaign sort of mission and maybe shit's going haywire for you and then suddenly the shadow of intent warps you know right above you and then you get the elites come like say the um, the swords of, of um, St. Helios come down like yes. that would be such a great moment I really hope they bring back some of these fav- uh, fan favorite characters um, and yeah that would be to me like that's just my pie in the sky wish I would love to see the shadow of intent just come in and save the day say halfway through the campaign and then sort of yes. progresses things that way shipmaster oh and yeah shipmaster and arbiter I freaking love they they're amazing characters I love them and they just are so stoic uh, in their you know mannerisms and everything and the swords of sang Helios in general are kind of like that but yeah, I, I would love that as well. I feel like Halo 5 was sort of uh, already that, where they were like bringing back fan-favorite characters to an extent, because uh, obviously Arbiter showed up and Buck returned, which actually, Buck, that, that reminds me, Buck wasn't even going to be in Halo 5 until uh, I believe it was when fans saw the image of like the the squads and they were trying to figure out who they were and fans were like oh my god that's buck like even before the official like reveal of halo 5 when they just had like the teaser graphic or whatever right and people were like oh my god that that's buck and they actually were originally going with spartan thorn who is a spartan from halo 4 and they changed uh that character to buck uh in fireteam osiris because people love buck so much and 
I'm I'm one of those people. I freaking love Buck Nathan Fillion. Well, Nathan Fillion's great. So, yeah, ODST was was absolutely awesome. I recently replayed that, and yeah, he's he's a great character. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I did not know that. I did not know that they retconned that and then and put him in uh, after they had already begun yep. production on the game. That's pretty interesting. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I would love to see more uh, characters from past, especially if this is going to be Chief's last story. Like, I want him teaming up with the Arbor for one last go around. I want him with uh with Urtas or, or Halfjar, whatever you want to call him. I want him I want him there too as well. Like just yeah. he had he has such great lines, especially in three with him and Lord Hood going at it with, with some of their scenes. Like it was just like you said, stoic. Just like what a great character. And yeah, and that's just my pine this guy's having the shadow intent to show up and save save your <laughs> ass out of nowhere. Like that'd be awesome. But yeah, um, even Arbiter's lines in Halo Two Anniversary's added cutscenes are so good. I love it. He's such a great kid. Like, like, uh, so we were talking about this before we started recording that because I'm somebody who I fall into that camp where I see Chief uh, as a vessel for the player to experience the story and not necessarily the main character in a, in, a, in and of itself. Uh, the Arbiter for me fills that role. Like the Arbiter, especially of Halo Two, I consider the main character of that game. And obviously, in three, they toned him back a lot. He's definitely not uh, as prevalent in two, but um, I would definitely love to see him come back in some extent um for infinite yeah. if infinite is chief's sort of final go around for sure um and uh, it would just be really cool to see um marines and elites fighting beside each other on a scale that we haven't seen before um yeah. especially facing off against brutes because um there's very few scenarios where we see all three of those just going at it together in the game so that'd be pretty cool oh, to me but the covenant mission from halo three was so cool. when uh, all the, uh, the elites and uh, humans were teaming up to take down the towers out. So that was like a really cool uh, level. And especially the beginning where dun, 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 yep. Yep. Dun, dun. I, the swell, the music and like the, yes. yes. Yeah. It was great. And then like, I yeah, I would purpose, I'd purposely go around and give all the elites like the, the best weapons and try and keep them alive. Throughout that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think um yeah, I think the banish was a good choice to mix things up again. Um I was not I was not the biggest fan of the of the uh the um Prometheans. The Prometheans, yes, the Prometheans and the uh and the Didact. So the uh an an enemy that's more easy to understand, I think is easier to immerse the player in and the banish like I said, they're very they're sort of very gritty and kind of revolutionary-esque where their armors all thrown together. To me that just as a player is is easier to handle than this weird British alien with force powers. And I'm like, what's, what's going on? What are the rules here? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you you know what you missed, right? You missed warding eternal and halo five when you got to fight him like seven times you missed that by not playing halo five. Was that something that I love? Is that, is that a positive miss or is that a negative? Miss? No, no, I, I'm messing with you. Cause it was, it was annoying. Like they literally just, warden eternal showed up like four different times and you had to fight him the exact same way every time oh, i was like oh it was awful yeah that does not uh that doesn't quite tickle my fancy like like, like no. the banish does so I'm, I'm interested to see how this goes um yeah. so now now we'll transition it into the multiplayer into the core gameplay aspects of infinite because what we saw uh, we got quite a bit of a deep dive in multiplayer. Like you said, we didn't see a whole lot of uh, of campaign gameplay, but we did see a hell of a lot of multiplayer. And uh, it seems like they are going back to core Halo. Um, I know um, in the Halo 
sort of community. There's still a bit of a debate over uh, enhanced <laughs> movement and yeah. yeah, all that stuff. Personally, I don't know where you fall on it. Personally, I do not mind sprint. I don't mind uh, smart lock necessarily. I think um, uh, the smart lock ADS I actually really like. I like the idea of your weapon still being seen and it just sort of zooms in as opposed to a straight uh, ADS. My thing is that I don't want it to change the accuracy of the guns, and it, I, by the looks of what we saw, it doesn't look like it does. So I'm totally fine with that. Sprinting, yeah. not it. I, I understand it does change the maps and it does change the layout. I personally don't mind sprinting. I think Halo does have to evolve in some sort of, um, yeah. in some state. And um, so if you do, if you also have no problem with enhanced mobility, then we don't have to talk about it at all. <laughs> Well, what what I will say is this. I, I loved Halo 5's multiplayer, and it was extremely... It was over-the-top mobility. It was. Like it was more enhanced than, to the max. Yes. Uh, and I love that. I, and I love Halo 3, and I love Halo 2. I love all of their multiplayers for the most part, uh, minus Halo 4. Uh, yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think that the important thing with Infinite, though, is, like... I feel like they are trying to accommodate both crowds to an extent because yes, there is sprint in the game, but they've actually, there's already been breakdown videos that I've seen from, uh, from some people that are yes. like Shyway. Uh, he's a yeah pro like analyzer or whatever, where sprint is actually not that much faster than base movement yep. speed. So it's really just giving you the feeling that you're going faster, even if you're just, marginally going faster and i think that's that's kind of you know an important takeaway like it's not going to be halo 5 sprint speed where the maps had to be huge because uh you sprint so fast um so i think that is kind of you know a cool touch i guess i i I agree with you that they definitely took a happy medium because that was that was the big issue with halo 5 is that while it felt super fun to play it did it kind of it messed with the map design and it also messed with vehicles a lot vehicles took a a huge backseat in in five because you were so mobile as a spartan that it was almost you were almost at a disadvantage if you were just sitting in a warthog or something like that um so i i agree with you and and i did see that breakdown too where the sprint he, he was sort of looking at the clips and seeing how sprint isn't that much faster and i will point out too that it does appear that you can fire right out of sprint so you're not going to have that sort of issue where you're sort of sprinting is going to put you at a disadvantage because if you're sprinting and somebody sees you first well now you're screwed so they have seemed to handle it really well and like i said i don't really have a problem with it anyways so i i i'm totally fine with the enhanced mobility um to and well we'll say tone down enhanced mobility because it looks like it's just sprint slide and clamber yeah yeah. for sure and spartan spartan charge and, and ground pound i'm glad is gone because oh that, my god those were always kind of weird and anyways but i'm glad they're gone yeah it definitely took a lot of the strategy out of things um because yeah if you were if you were above somebody in the air and you saw somebody down below you're like cool free kill for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, and that's and that's sort of and i think a lot of people were upset because that's a very that feels from a gameplay aspect very familiar to call of duties where if somebody sees you and you don't see them you're out of luck and that's very much what the ground pound kind of added to halo 5 where it's like (laughs) if you catch somebody and they don't see you the bad news for them they're they're out yes yeah so i yes i think we're both very happy with with how they're handling uh mobility and um i'm very yeah the sprint it seems like it's it's put in there more for a sort of psychosomatic effect where it's like okay (laughs) this is what modern shooters do and it's going to help people feel like they're moving faster and even though you're only really moving marginally faster so 
sprints right. i'm totally fine with um i love i love that it's going back to core gameplay uh, of the say we'll say the bungee era halos because there is a huge lack of arena shooters nowadays everything is so fast-paced that the time to kill in so many games is so slow it's very get in get out and what halo did so well was that it was an arena shooter with so much sandbox and physics-based gameplay that you could Mm -hmm. it was a low low skill floor very high skill ceiling game and because you could experiment with the mechanics and as we saw in the in the gameplay multiplayer there's this awesome shot where he throws a plasma grenade and it explodes the sword he jumps and catches it in midair and and uh, in the next day, when we got the uh, the twelve minute breakdown from three four three, we also saw somebody using the new repulsor gadget to uh, pretty much grenade jump up to a higher level to then get a triple kill with the hammer, which was fucking awesome. So yes. I'm very glad that they are going back to what makes Halo Halo, and not trying to just sort of continue to make it more fast and frenetic like Call of Duty because you need to cut. I think Halo needs to cut off its own section of the market and it needs to do what it does best because as we've seen from Halo 5 and from Battlefield games and all this stuff, nobody can do what Call of Duty does like Call of Duty does. So don't even bother. Don't even try it. Just do what (laughs) Halo does because I think people will find it, especially nowadays, super refreshing because there is such a drought of first-person shooters. Obviously, Battlefield's taken three years off. Halo 5 came out in 2015. So I think they're coming in at the perfect time with the perfect identity. Um, and, and I feel like that's why I don't like Halo 4's multiplayer because Halo 4 was almost unapologetically trying to be like a Call of Duty yeah. Halo game. And I, that's why I did not like Halo 4's multiplayer at all. Uh, and I feel like 5's multiplayer really improved in that aspect of it and uh, really got back to what makes Halo great. And for me, my favorite part of Halo multiplayer is the fact that like, you have this cat and mouse gameplay between your opponents and you have shields and you have health and you essentially, if you're getting shot in the back by someone, you have the chance to turn it around on them and get them back, which is actually a medal in the game uh, to, to turn it around on them. And you can't do that in most other games like call of duty. If you're getting shot in the back, you're pretty much dead. Absolutely. I mean, uh, so yeah, I agree. Time to kill, very important for for Halo for sure. Yes, uh, and that's the thing is that from what I've seen in the in the gameplay that that they've shown, it, it seems like the time to kill is fairly long, which is great. That's exactly what I want. Like you said, I want it to be a skill based sort of ex- sort of dance, if you will, where it's yeah. like if you have higher accuracy and you can and you know where to jump and and how to move, then you can flip it around on somebody. Um, mm-hmm. Not not necessarily recently but battlefield used to have a little bit of that where their time to kill was a little bit longer and i do have vivid memories of playing battlefield one and battlefield four where i'm sprinting and i get shot from somewhere but if i can do a slide or do this that i can get to cover and turn it around on somebody so the fact that halo is taking that and then extending it even longer i I love that that's exactly what i want from it um and obviously equipment's back and it's it's back as a pickup which is great um i'm a huge fan of that um, like you said, about, um, Halo 5 had so many abilities that were just built into the Spartan that so many people could do so many things at any given time, where mm-hmm. now it's kind of cool where you pick something up and it's more added strategy. Do I use this now? Do I use that later? They've changed the way overshields work, where instead of it activating automatically upon pickup, you can sort of store it in your inventory, so to speak, and uh, use it whenever you want. And if you don't use it and you die, then somebody else who killed you gets to pick it up. Like, 
this sort of back and forth risk reward is is so Halo, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's it's fantastic, and all of the gadgets that they've shown off so far, all the pickups, uh, equipment pickups have looked very different. Like they're all different roles, and I love that. And all of them I've seen so far, I've really liked. Um, obviously, the only one that I feel like is a little bit like samey is the uh, scanner. Where I knew exactly what you were going to say. Yep. Yeah, because <laughs> they already, obviously already did that with uh, Promethean Vision from Halo Four, but to another extent as well with the professional community uh they're already talking about like hopefully grenades don't have hit markers because then that would give you the same effect that this gadget would so um yeah i, I do like that all the gadgets have different roles and that repulsor i can't wait to do some crazy oh my jumps God, that, that looks thing. awesome oh, yeah and, I, so and cool. I think that's such a great balance because you know obviously grenade jumping has been a staple of the halo community for so long but not everybody can pull it off. So I love that if you pick up a repulsor and you're somebody who yeah. isn't able to do a grenade jump, well, now instead of using the repulsor how it's supposed to be used, you now have this easy-to-access sort of, again, low-skill floor entry where you can use that. Yes. Or if you're a skilled player and you pick up the repulsor and you've got a couple of grenades, well, now I can use this to get there and still have my repulsor. I, mm-hmm. It just, the, the balance. It seems like they're, they're nailing it on the head. Um, the scanner has obviously been something that's been brought up before. I think an easy way to balance that would just make it so that it also it shows anybody who's in there because everything yeah all the equipment in halo past has had a risk reward element where you know say the bubble shield for example you can throw on the bubble shield and you're safe but if something gets inside there that can hurt you well now you're trapped with it right so um yeah i think i think that's an easy fix for the scanner i think that if they haven't done it already i'm sure just just making it so that anybody who walks in there gets seen is an easy yeah. way because if you use it to track somebody and then you run through it to, to follow up on the kill well now you've just exposed yourself so i'm not too worried about the scanner but um yeah well, and you talked about balance like the, the equipment is perfect for balance because if something is is not working on a map you just remove it like that's it <laughs> and that's 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 the beauty of going against the loadout sort of meta and the in the in the gameplay is that exactly you're right if something is not working you can take it out of the map you can adjust the spawn rate of it and how quickly it responds you can change where it spawns there's so many things you can do and i think um it's crazy to me to think that this will be somebody's first halo but it will and um the gameplay of halo games like like infinite and like older halo games it totally does away with the issues of say call of duties where you learn the map and you know exactly where the pinpoints are and the the choke points because if you have a map and the hammer's here but the shotgun's over there and the sniper's there well now you're going to have all these little battles sort of scattered around the map and everything's going to be nice and balanced and yeah i i absolutely love they're going back to the pickup system because now when you spawn in you can think to yourself well do i go the right flank and get the gravity hammer or do i want to go to the left flank and grab the repulsor like it's yes. it's it's exactly what I want from Halo, and I'm so glad they're they're going back to that system. I want to see Forge, <laughs> like I want to see. It. I so Forge is a whole other. We'll, we'll get to that a little bit later because I I do have yeah. some interesting theories about Forge. Um, okay. <laughs> um, but let's talk about Battle Pass and progression because this is something that everybody unanimously loves, and it's actually getting yeah. so much, um, sort of recognition and love that uh players from other communities are asking for it in their games. So for anyone who might not have heard, the Battle Pass system is going to be very similar to how the Master Chief Collection works now in that um, 
they're going to add new seasons, but those seasons will never expire. You can pretty much buy that battle pass, uh, work towards it, and if you don't finish it and the new season comes out, it doesn't go anywhere. You can continue to work for it, or you can buy the new one and select that one, and now any progress you make goes to that one, and you can flip back and forth at any time. Um, yeah. That is just a net win for everyone. That's fantastic. That's really great. Yeah. Um, it, it eliminates yeah. a lot of the FOMO, um, and it's you know it, it doesn't have that sort of predatory instinct where it's like, oh, there's 16 days left in the season, and I'm only at tier 50 out of 100. Guess I better buy some points to level up quicker. So yeah. I love to see that. Um, and actually, they even said that you can't do that. You won't be able to you know pay to uh advance or so to speak i think that's what they said or maybe they said you can't pay to get certain items in the battle pass yes which is great. the wording the wording is a bit unclear it could mean that you can't buy to get tiers it also could mean that you can't they won't sell stuff on the battle pass in a separate store like i don't know what that meant i hope it means that you can't skip tiers because again that yeah. that that is sort of the best of both worlds because at its core I'm not a big fan of battle passes. I understand that it's modern times. They have to do what they have to do, but uh, yeah. um, in a perfect world, I'd, I would much rather have it like reach where here's everything in the game and work towards it and unlock it, whichever order you want type thing. But Which I feel it's definitely a product of it being free to play for sure. Absolutely. Um, but I, I, I feel like the trade-off is worth it just because of the reward you get for uh, population because you'll get a lot more people playing the game. And that's the, that's the benefit that people like myself who aren't as big on the Battle Pass, I, that's something I have to keep in mind is that, like you said, the trade-off of this is that matchmaking time is going to be super fast and you're going to have lots yeah. of players to uh, sort of jump in with and uh if if forge ends up being free to play as well you're gonna have a lot more people making content so there is a trade-off there are some benefits from the free, from the free to play aspect absolutely um sure. um so some of my worries with the battle pass system i've seen already from some of the screenshots is that they've and this is a totally minor nitpick but they've already categorized some of the um armors that you get into loot rarities which I'm not a huge fan of because the whole point of say reach, which the reason I'm bringing that up is because three, four, three brings it up a lot. If you love reach, you're going to love this. We're looking at reach as an, uh, as an inspiration, yada, yada. Uh, the whole point of reach was that no set armor was better than the other one. It was just make your Spartan how you want to make your Spartan. So I'm a little bit upset mm -hmm. that they're tiering things because that might lead to like, say, Oh, it's the end of the season and everybody's running around with this, tier 100 helmet as opposed to sort of like it's not even the order that everything's in like they could all have it the same exact order but it's kind of like that yeah. sort of um um subconscious sort of like oh this is a this is a gold level helmet so i should probably throw that on as opposed to yeah. this is like say in my mind I, I i have a favorite helmet that i am gonna use immediately as soon as whichever way i can get it which is the operator helmet from reach um and uh but say, like, if that's a gray tier, right, and there's another helmet, and CQB <laughs> yeah. is a gold tier, well, I'm going to be like, well, if I'm using the operator helmet, everybody's going to think I'm a scrub, so now i got to use the <laughs> CQB yeah. one, right? I I totally get what you're saying there. I I definitely uh, agree with you on that. That's uh, that's definitely a concern, because I, I, I'm the same way. Like, you're like, uh, this is a blue one, this is a gold one. I want the gold one, but I like the blue one better. But, right. Yeah, I, 
I feel like Master Chief Collection does this really well because like they give you 10 unlocks per tier and you can kind of pick what you want to unlock from that, you know, tier that you're on and they don't have rarities or anything. They, they have, you know, the end stuff that they make certain, you know, helmets or, or armor effects or whatever at the end, but the end isn't necessarily any better than, you know, the second tier on on the season so absolutely I th- hopefully i think yeah. master chief collection handles it perfectly i think it's yeah it, and i w- that would be really cool if if they did that same page system we'll call it where you you're now you're gonna, now you're on the next page of the battle pass you can unlock anything on that page in any order and as soon as you yeah. unlock everything on that page well now it flips over to the next one um agreed that would be awesome if they brought that back for sure and then the loot rarity thing again that is something that might not affect somebody right because somebody like me like okay I'll, I'll just i'll use the blue helmet i don't really care like that's very much a personal choice thing it's just a small thing where it's like oh, i wish you would have gotten rid of those little color-coded this is better than this just because yeah. it, it might it might drive some of the younger players and therefore the matchmaking lobbies to just look very samey which is a problem i have with current battle passes because when a battle pass comes out they always give you that free character at the beginning and the first yeah. <laughs> the first week after the battle pass comes out, everyone's running around. You know, you're facing against twenty characters that all look the same. So that's yep. my small concern. But again, I I hope that the game launches with with a decent amount of armor customization options that aren't tied to the battle pass. That's another thing, right? Like I do hope mm. there's maybe a set of five or six full sets of armor that you can mix and match that have nothing to do with the battle pass. Um, oh, they they have to. Yeah, you think they like have that. to, right? Yeah, I I think there's definitely I think there's going to be a substantial amount of uh, armor customization that you can just unlock from progression, and I think they actually said to a certain extent that that uh, progression will unlock quite a bit of of armor and armor effects and um, uh, armor coatings is the word I was looking for. So uh, yeah, I, I think that they will definitely have a big uh, selection. I think. I think it will rival Halo 5s even. I don't think it'll, you know, surpass it probably because Halo 5 has a lot of armor, but I feel like it'll be somewhat close to that. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little too optimistic in that regard, but... Well, I think if it had the amount that Halo 5 had, I think that's going above and beyond. Like, I would be happy... Yeah. I would be happy with even, like I said, six, seven sets of armor that you can mix and match. And then yeah. the battle pass, like as long as there's something, and, and I'm, I, I actually have, I don't really have that much of a worry that there won't be. I think you're right, there will be, and they, and the, and yeah, they have said something like that where it kind of alludes to the fact that there is stuff outside the battle pass that you can work towards. Um, For sure. Although you did say that dangerous word just now that we're gonna have to talk about the elephant in the room, which is armor coatings. Oh um, yes. <laughs> this so of everything I've seen from Halo Infinite. This is the only thing that I am genuinely concerned about. And I think, um, personally, and again, this isn't coming from a, oh, screw you, 343, you ruined everything. It's more so like, I just want to give you guys a heads up. This might be a little bit of a problem. Um, I think it is the skeleton in the closet that they will have to deal with again, because when they first talked about armor coatings, the community almost unanimously was like, ah, this doesn't seem like a good idea. And then we saw Halo Infinite, live in action and everybody's like oh this looks great this looks great this looks good so it's something that isn't being talked about but i think it hasn't gone away i think uh if it's not handled correctly it could resurge um yeah so this is my issue with the armor coatings is that so far we've seen 
we've seen maybe five or six, and we've seen the same ones uh, over and over again. Let's take, uh, for example, there's an armor coating called Scorpion Punch, which is uh, an all-black Spartan and with a red right arm and a red mark on his helmet. Um, yeah. Does that armor coating come in white and blue? Does that armor coating come in green and yellow? Does it come in blue and orange? And if not, that's not really a player-first expression. And if it does, then why not have armor coatings be a subset that you can still then customize the colors like i I still don't quite understand what they're going for you know what i mean yeah i agree uh i think i think at the end of the day and maybe i'm being a little bit too easy on them with this but i feel like at the end of the day it's going to come down to if they have enough armor uh coatings at launch i feel like they have to have a very large amount of armor coatings available to players at launch or or available through progression because like you said we've always had the ability to change colors and uh obviously that's kind of a a way for expression however i will say like the armor coatings are interesting to me because i feel like as far as like the aesthetic like the way they're describing it anyways from what we've seen so far I don't think there's anything crazy outside of like patterns being different and obviously colors being placed differently and and stuff like that. But I feel like they've said before that like even the material can change. Like you can have a completely different look based on uh, the armor coating being a different material than, you know, another one like a plasticky one maybe or, or like a matte metallic. versus gloss type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is super interesting. And there is the argument, like, why can't you just make, you know, coatings like something that goes over the color, like customize your color, then have that over the top of it, which is a fair argument. Um, I'm not sure, like, what the logistics are behind it. Um, But I I think at the, like I said, I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to how many options are there. Because like you said about the uh, helmets earlier, if everyone has, you know, the same 20 armor coatings, then you're going to see a lot of the same people running around. Right. And that's kind of, that's kind of in contrast to like what they're describing multiplayer to be in infinite, because there's no more red versus blue. It's all, you, you all get to use your own armor, armor coatings uh, in team multiplayer, which that's the first time ever in halo. And I, I feel like, they i feel like they know that they have to have a lot of them at launch because they have to have that expression there like you're saying yeah and i i think and and again this criticism only comes from the fact that it's something that they've said and, and at a certain point we do have to we do have to sort of look the elephant in the room in the eye and that sometimes a free to like business does affect gameplay sometimes right so this is a free to play game that is yeah. I think that does that did have an impact into them removing the ability to change colors because they need things for players to unlock. And if you could just change, if they had say like if they had a for, uh, um, uh, a Forza Horizon style armor editor, there would be no yep. need to unlock any any sort of uh, you know coatings or patterns or anything like that. So I do understand that, but my thing is that obviously they have to make the coating, so they probably have some sort of color editor already built in on the dev side. Um, right. I, I would just hate to see, I've already used Scorpion Punch as an example, but we saw a green camo guy, right? 
Like, I would hate yeah. to have it so that that's the only camo in the game, and it's like, oh man, but like, wouldn't it be cool if there was an Arctic camo? Like, a, like that exact same sort yeah. of material pattern combination, but in white or in uh, in tan or something like that. So, if yeah. if they do have, um, like you said, a, a wide berth of options, I think they can kind of get around that. I do think this is the skeleton in the closet that will come out again because people will play Halo Infinite, and I. I hope and also have a hunch that people will love it. And then we'll get to the point maybe a month or two months into the launch where people start saying, okay, these are all the things we love, but this is what you guys need to work on. And I feel like armor coatings yeah. is going to come back sooner or later. Which, which is, which is completely fair. And I hope that uh, if that does happen and uh, the community is like, Hey, we, we really want the color options back. Then maybe I would hope they would go back to the drawing board and say, Hey, we need to like do this in an update and make this better. Like, like you said, have the, the ability to change the individual colors in the coatings um, would be cool. For sure. And I think that's the happy balance. Cause I, I love the idea of armor coatings. I love the idea of, you know, you, you get, say you get the scorpion punch and if you want to modify it, you can, but you, you have to modify those two sections and they, you can't change yeah. the coating, but you can modify the colors of the coating because when I saw Scorpion for sure. Punch for the first time, like my favorite color combination is white and blue. And I was like, man, I would love to have an all white Spartan with a blue right arm and a blue mark on his helmet. That would look, <laughs> that would just look awesome to me. And yeah. uh, that's actually what I wanted way back. And that's the funny thing with armor coatings is that it's like, I do love the concept because that's what I wanted way back in reach because you would change your front and primary, but obviously you'd play the campaign and you'd see somebody like George and you'd be like, oh, like you get to have you know three or four different colors all over the place and that's yeah. that's what i've wanted always and armor coatings they've made one step forward but they took one step back and it's like ah just just bring that other foot yeah. forward and we'll be we'll be right there For sure. um but i i think you're right it's definitely something that could be added in an update i don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that they would never be able to figure out how to let people uh, modify it or again yeah. maybe you unlock the scorpion punch um armor and like in other games this is the standard scorpion punch, but here's, you know, eight different alternate schemes that you've also unlocked yeah. because you've unlocked that armor coating. So that's something that they could do as well. But I just, I feel for the person who maybe is like, oh, if it was black and green, I'd really love it. Oh, if it was yeah. black and brown, I'd really love it. But it's, I got to stick with black and red. So um, <laughs> black and brown. Ugh. Yeah, no, no, that's, I don't know why. That's such an awful, such an awful combination. Black and yeah. gray. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what's the point at that point? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so overall, the way they're handling the battle pass, the way they're handling microtransactions, obviously we have yet to see the full extent of it, but from what they've told us, um, it sounds great, and they actually have, uh, recently they said that uh, there's a bit more of an info dump, I don't know if it was from a waypoint, but they were saying how they don't want the battle pass to feel like a day job, they don't want it to feel like a grind, um, that they're going to respect yeah. players' times, and I think that honestly might be a huge uh that might be a huge uh, win for them because right now the current tactic in a lot of first-person shooters is to make it so overbearing that the player has to keep playing your game and therefore you retain player numbers, right? It's a, it is a strategy. Yeah. There is logic to it. But I think if Halo really does, if 343 does what they're saying they do, it might also pan out for them where if people play Halo and they're like, hold on a second, I'm, I'm making way more progress than I do in these other games that also might help retain players because they feel they're being rewarded more in infinite than they are in other games, even though that is the opposite of the other strategy where it's like, Oh, if we make them have to work then they have to keep playing. I think if they really do what they're saying, that might also pan out for them because people will feel that they're making more progress in this than other games. 
for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, uh, the last, or I guess the second last, um, point for the multiplayer is um, they recently were talking about a big team battle and I guess in uh, Master Chief Collection they're doing tests for they're doing flighting for 40 to 60 players how does that make you feel? (laughs) That honestly I think that's really cool news Um, I don't think it's going to be like a a, uh, matchmaking type deal I think this is more geared to like custom games and and people who want to take advantage of this option Uh, that would be freaking nuts on some like I was, we were actually talking about me and Christian were talking about this on the podcast on Wednesday. Uh, like how awesome would it be to have like some of those awesome Halo mini games with a ton of players? Like even like uh, Duck Hunt. Like Duck Hunt is better with more players because then you have you know, more targets to shoot at. So yeah. I f- I feel like it would be a lot of fun in some custom games. Uh, and obviously some some custom games might have to be retooled for more players as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really down for that uh, idea if they can pull that off. Yes, I, I think you're right. I don't think this is something that they're necessarily going to put in themselves. I think this, to me, this screams forge, this screams, yeah. um, and, and there were leaks that were, that were made quite a while ago now. I don't know if it was last year or just the beginning of this year, but there were a couple leaks that, uh, came out and they're not really, it's kind of, you don't really know if they're credible or not, but somebody was saying how, uh, in infinite's forge that, um, they're not going to launch with a battle royale, but the forge is going to be so expansive that you could make your own. And that is yeah. what three, four, three is planning on. They're planning on having a steady stream of community made content to help supplement any sort of official DLC they do. So this yeah. kind of lines up with that rumor. If what we heard is true that, you know, um, you'll be able to create custom games outside of the parameters set in matchmaking in, in, in the social games playlist. So, um, yeah. And, I feel like there is some scuttlebutt uh, with some people saying like uh, if infinite doesn't have a battle Royale mode, it's doomed or it's, it's it's not, yeah, it's, it's going to be a failure. And I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. Like battle Royale is a mode. It's easily added for one. If the developer wants to go down that path, but it's not imperative to halo. Halo's never been about following trends and halo's always been about setting trends actually. And and this is the Uh, thing when it has followed trends, look what happened, right? We got halo four and right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. It's about setting trends. and that's not to say like that's not to say that I wouldn't love a freaking Halo Battle Royale and if it's done, you know, appropriately, like with, you know, drop pods coming I out of the sky. I was thinking the same thing, the right? Ring. You play as a bunch of yeah. ODST Marines in a training exercise or something like that and you drop in. Yeah. That would be awesome. Like it is kind of built for it in that sense where it already has lore yeah. to support the whole intro to the match. I, I obviously I would be lying if I hadn't said that. I wasn't thinking about coming in and you can steer your drop pod and it's pretty much just the yes. opening of ODST. That'd be awesome. That would be sick. Uh, But obviously, yeah, it's not imperative for Halo Infinite to have that. And obviously, I don't think Halo Infinite has that because if it did, they would have showed it. Uh, But like you said, in Forge, probably going to be some people that are experimenting with that kind of stuff. Halo 5 already expanded Forge so significantly that you could do like scripting and stuff for anyone who's familiar with doing, you know, uh, any kind of coding. uh, Scripting is very, you know, heavy heavily involved uh coding essentially or it's just a simplified coding i guess uh where you can literally do whatever you want so i feel like infinite's only going to expand on uh the awesome forge that halo 5 had and 
Halo 5's tool set was amazing, but the maps for Forge were just like very uninspired. Plastic. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it was too plain Jane. Uh, and it did get better because they started to release more textures and stuff that you could change the, uh, the Forge pieces to have like cool textures. And it did get better how after launch. However, uh, I think Infinite is going to expand on that like considerably. Uh, and I really want to see Forge. I do too. And, and uh, that's I guess that's what we can get into for the final bit of multiplayer because we don't know where Forge falls yet. So the more I think about it, the more I do think they'll put Forge behind a paywall only for the fact that whenever games... So we'll use Far Cry as an example. Whenever games come out with an expansive... Uh, sort of map editor, we'll call it, and and like Far yeah. Cry, as the games have gone on, have actually gotten really expansive. Like you're saying with basic scripting, I mean, you could you could add AI into Far Cry Five and actually have the AI go go along set paths and and um, set uh, triggers for animations and whatnot. So, uh, but when when games have that, it is a fraction of the player base that actually spends time to make those. There are a lot of players who just want to experience what other people do. So the more I've thought about it, I do think that Forge will be behind that $70 paywall. Um, only for the fact that I think it'll be hard to sell the mainstream audience on a $70 campaign only. But it'll be a lot easier to sell them Six, on it if they say... 60 right? Oh, sorry. I'm I'm Canadian. <laughs> yes, sixty oh, for you. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're yeah, right. Sorry, sorry, so seventy nine ninety nine for us, which is just a kick in the pants, um, because it comes because okay. we also have a high tax, so it comes up to ninety dollars and thirty cents, I think, for a new game. Oh, so God, yeah, it's awful. It is. It's it's really not great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Australia has the same conversion rate as us, so they pay the same as well. Um, so it it is it's an investment, right? It is it is an investment. Um, uh, so. Personally, I so, I do see Forge getting locked behind there because I think they know the diehard Halo fans are the ones that are going to want to play the campaign, and they're also probably the ones that are going to want to spend time creating maps, which then anyone who has the free-to-play multiplayer can experience for free. So I'm going to go to the opposite end of that because okay. I'm just thinking, like, if they offer Forge to everyone... Uh, you're just expanding the number of people that are interested in Forge. The more people that are interested, the more maps you get, the more mode, like crazy modes you get, the more, you know, I just feel like the custom games in general would be so much more expansive, uh, giving the tool set to everyone. And I feel like with how they keep billing the campaign, I feel like the campaign is going to be very large. And I feel like that's justified in the price. Uh, obviously, it's different in my head because $60 is very different than $90. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like Forge is going to be... And also, Forge is a multiplayer experience as well, technically, because you can forge with other people as well um, in multiplayer. So I feel like they would be kind of pigeonholed to make it free but maybe not maybe they right. work their way through that That that's kind of a sub um, that, that might be like a bit of a semantics argument because then technically if they have right. co-op campaign is that also not true multiplayer, right so true yeah yeah um, um my my only thing with so i i totally get that and i'm not i'm not trying to say that this is definitely what they're gonna do i oh. i lean on that side of the fence only for the fact that if halo multiplayer wasn't free to play at all they would still have a huge group of players right we'd have to we'd have to imagine this game would sell you know what 
five to six million on the low side. Um, yeah. So um, I, I think that I think they might bank on the amount of Halo players that are going to buy the campaign anyways, and that yeah. that will be enough to support the ecosystem of custom made maps. Uh, but I could I could a hundred percent see them uh, throwing Forge, and I just think that if they are doing that, they need to talk about how expansive this campaign this campaign is sooner rather than later. Because, like you just said, we feel that the campaign is going to be expansive, but we right. haven't really been shown that <laughs> yet. And yeah. the clock's ticking; we're coming up on November pretty quickly. So, um, yeah. between now and then, we have uh, what Gamescom in, in August that they might do some yeah. sort of big showing, but. If uh, if they're gonna just put campaign behind a sixty dollar uh, full price paywall, they gotta really start showing that it's worth sixty dollars. Yeah, and I feel like maybe part of it is they don't want to. Maybe there's a lot of spoilers that we don't know about that maybe they don't want to you know go too in depth because they don't want to ruin something. Uh, that's possible. But also the other elephant in the room is like almost to your credit as well to your point as well is the game pass uh you can literally get halo infinite's campaign in game pass so uh that's so many more people that would have access to forge as well if uh they own game pass uh, and it's included in the campaign so um yeah uh i feel like microsoft in general is just trying to push people to game pass and not even caring about you know the 60 dollar purchases anymore and just want to get people in that environment i guess right which which again is why i can see in my mind them having a splash screen of all three modes and saying campaign and forge included with game pass right like just that for that, sure. that easy little thing and if they do have yeah. for if they do give forge its own demonstration right if they if they show off to the masses look at what you can do it and like i said with the rumors earlier they were saying that you can if these leaks are to be trusted they were saying that uh you can modify the game setting so much that you could make your own third person single player level if you wanted to, <laughs> which to me is is awesome because I'm a third person yeah. guy. I I, lo- I prefer third person or third person any chance I get. But um, so if they if they say have a Gamescom presentation where they show maybe you know two minutes of two or three minutes of, of campaign uh, campaign gameplay and then they switch over to Forge and they show all these tool sets and all this crazy stuff you can do and say and Forge is included with campaign uh, which is available to anyone on game pass like to me that's a huge get and a huge push for game pass has has gamescom uh announced whether they're gonna be digital or physical uh this year they haven't and i haven't been keeping up with uh with germany and how how they're handling covid so if they if they're one of the countries that maybe has it under like under control it maybe they could be doing a, a physical but i actually i know i haven't i haven't heard if they're doing anything because I feel like that would be that would be the perfect moment for them to show off forges at Gamescom and have like a uh, developer like Q and A essentially because they did that yes. uh, Bungie did that with I think Halo Reach when they showed off Forge World um, they had like a, a community you know showing of Forge essentially for the first time but uh, yeah that would be a perfect time to do it if it's physical and maybe digital as well I don't know yeah they they've got to have I mean. To me, Halo Infinite is uh, so not only Forge, but also the release date, which is another thing that's still up in the air. Like right. Halo, does I don't know if it deserves a blog post. I think it deserves a bit more than that, right? So if we're talking about um, you know times and, and the when and, and how to, to announce that, it's we're, we're sort of you know losing momentum. We have only a few dates, and to me, Gamescom August 
is uh yeah. is a perfect time to do that because if it is uh november 15th which is what my running theory is that would be a great um hype window you know august it's like it's coming out november 15th this is the solid date that's only you know three three months away so um so the only thing i i I don't think it's coming november 15th uh and i feel like while it would be awesome for it to release on its anniversary i feel like it's kind of semantics you know uh that you know it releases exactly day and date of its release date you know 20 years ago but I, I feel like it's too close to Forza Horizon 5, which is, I think, November 9th. Yes, it is and, very close. Yeah, and I almost feel like, it, call me crazy, but I almost feel like that Halo is going to be sooner than than that. I feel like it may be an October game. Now, okay, so that's a great, I'm glad that you said that. Here's my thing. I um, I agree with you that it might be, uh, so I I... I would. It is semantics. I'm the people that I'm the person that would fall for it. I would totally fall for yeah. it. I would be like sitting at home, being like, I can't believe I'm playing this on the 20th anniversary. This is perfect. <laughs> I'd book the day off, whatever. I, you know, I would totally fall for that. Um, yeah. So, I I do hope it's November 15th for the semantics of it. But yeah. I feel that we need to be playing Halo Infinite when the 20th anniversary comes so if it is sooner and and there have been some leaks suggesting that it might be as soon as september which would be totally weird but also would be a really awesome it it would be an awesome move because then they avoid any competition with uh call of duty and uh, and battlefield and and actually that would be a huge smackdown because it's free to play as well so i would love that um but um yeah i there is a little bit i feel we need to be as a community we need to be playing halo infinite when the anniversary rolls around i i just feel like it's yeah. got it it's got to happen because it'd be weird to For do sure. it after right if it's if it's november but it's two weeks after the anniversary of halo while it's semantics it's kind of like well isn't that a little bit of a missed opportunity like what was what are you gonna do like a blog post on the 15th and you yeah know? like it's <laughs> it's strange I guess the only there is precedent for September because I think Halo Reach came out in September. Yes. Um, before, but it, it is interesting because uh, Phil Spencer even said that they are still trying to figure out the release date. They haven't solidified it yet. He said it's still within like three to four a uh, three to four week span yes, yeah. of when it could be, uh, and they don't want to give the date until they know they'll be able to hit it, which makes perfect sense. Um, and man i i don't know i just don't know if if they're just not ready you know by by the time flighting happens or whenever that happens it's supposed to happen you know sometime this summer i'm not sure if they wait and and give us like a late november or early december release date um i know that would be upsetting to you but i think that is a possibility still of that happening if you know if they're not ready for it to release um absolutely and and I feel like um, if you're, I mean, nowadays there's so many different types of gamers. I and I, I almost I almost despise the word gamer because it's become such a <laughs> such a bloated thing. But like if you if you're a, a gamer, we'll call it that, like understands the industry and like ha- and pays attention to these things. I feel like you're definitely on the side of at the end of the day, take as much time as you need. If they have to delay it, delay it. Like I understand that. Yeah. My my only thought is that, like Phil said. Uh, he's they've got they've got that window down to three to four weeks and actually he did mention that they're waiting on another game which some people took as forza it also might mean their competitors and also might mean that he's waiting to see when call of duty is dropping um for sure uh but 
yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know if, like I said, like it, to me, the idea of not having infinite, um, when they, like in my mind, I thought, I think that the, say if it comes out in early October or even September, you know, the, the, um, anniversary is a perfect date for a small DLC update. Like, Oh, you know what? We've added the CE yeah. Magnum on the, on the 20th yes. anniversary. Here you go. Or we've added the, uh, the original helmet, right? The, the, uh, the Mark one helmet or whatever his, uh, CE helmet is. Like, it just seems like that's a, that'd be such a missed opportunity, but by all means, I've heard some people speculating that, you know, it might get pushed to January, 2022. I think, I don't know if they could afford the optics of that. Like that would just, yeah. that would be such, you'd be handing uh, the Sony fan base, like you'd be handing them yourself on a platter to them. So I really don't. Which, if it needed it, I, I would be fine with it, but I, I, I don't think that they'll do that. No. I don't think it'll, yeah, I don't think it'll fall that far. No, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Either. I, I certainly hope not, but like, like we say, take the time that you need. Obviously, You've already yeah. taken so long. You, like you mentioned earlier, they've created a whole new engine for it. I love that it's called Slipspace Engine. That's such a great name for it. Yes. Um, um, yeah, you've 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 already spent this this much time. So definitely take the time you need. I think a September release would be awesome. Like that's my ideal situation. My second yeah. best is is uh, November fifteenth, which I understand some people are saying like, it's a Monday, and it's like yeah, it is a Monday, and that's t- typically not when games release, but. I, you know, if they were planning to have it line up with the anniversary, that's a small sort of step outside of the lines of what's normal. I feel like that's definitely manageable that they can do. But um, which, if they release in September, like they have to get flighting out like ASAP. Because yes. if it's September, we're almost to July now. So, uh, and uh, I think you and I were were having we're exchanging uh, tweets a while back. You were you also were under the yeah. impression that they're going to do a shadow drop beta at E three, right? Or you were hoping for at least. Uh, yes yes i I was was hoping hoping for that too that would have been great um yeah but uh yeah i mean rumor is that it is it is coming sooner rather than later so whether that be an end of june or you know mid-july thing um yeah you are right if it's if it's a september thing we need to start test uh stress testing servers and whatnot uh yeah fairly soon so for sure um aside from that uh we're 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 coming up on the end uh, end of the show here um i just want to pick your brain is there any future content you'd like to see we've already been told by 343 that the first season the first battle pass will be um sort of centered around the heroes of reach and uh we'll probably see a lot of reach inspired armor i'm crossing my fingers for that operator helmet because it's extremely sexy and i love it and i use it in every halo game i can um yeah. is there any is there any future seasons that you might want to see is there any content um maybe not even just yeah. cosmetic but gameplay and otherwise that you'd love to see added in the sort of short term maybe like within a year after launch yeah so kind of sort of akin to what you said like obviously if they release in september they're going to have enough time to release something on their anniversary or shortly of thereafter and they've already said that the seasons will last uh, three months, right? Yes. Yeah, three yeah. months. So, I mean, that would be pretty close to that. So maybe, you know, early December, they, they have a, a drop with Halo CE stuff, which I think that would be really cool to see uh, CE-inspired um, seasonal drop for season two or whatever and have like the classic armor there, which it may already be included in the base game. Absolutely, I don't know. We right. 
really seen it seen it yet but uh but even like the like you said the magnum like because they said that they would possibly like look at adding other variants of weapons into the the sandbox uh because people were freaking out that the the traditional shotgun wasn't in uh in the game anymore they had the bulldog yeah let me let me just Um, interject real quickly here i just want to i want to make a definitive statement here for anyone who might be listening there is zero percent chance that the original Magnum and the original shotgun are not coming to this game at some point. I, I just oh, want to yeah. say that not even as variants, because when I saw the sidearm in action, it was very clearly not supposed to be a um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, like a primary weapon. It's not supposed to be a replacement for the Magnum in any terms. It's you can very clearly yeah. tell it performs a lot like the Halo Two Magnum, right? So yes. there is 0% chance that they don't add these weapons later. And I think that's the reason why they didn't is so that they can have an update where it's like, here's new weapons, here's the Magnum, here's the original shotgun. And maybe it only has four rounds instead of the Bulldogs eight or whatever, but it does twice the damage. Like there, hmm. people, people need to calm down. There's, there's no way they're not <laughs> adding the Magnum to, to Halo. It's definitely going to come at some point. Um, but yeah, yeah, sorry to interrupt you. I just want to say definitively no, that is definitely going to happen. Those guns are coming to the game at some point. Yeah, for sure. I, I I completely agree, and I think that would be awesome. And I would love to see. I would love to see them even expand upon like not even just season. Well, I guess it would be included in seasonal content. But like, I would even like to see them expand their customization like options. So like even. I know, I don't know if they've confirmed armor effects are returning, like, you know, uh, pestilence and... The lightning and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah. So I think that would be really cool for them to add uh, stuff like that, armor effects, which I can't remember if that's one of the customization options that they showed. I I don't don't think think they've mentioned it, no. I think think they might have mentioned it in a blog post or, like, as passing, but I don't think we've seen it physically. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, that w- that would be awesome. I mm, love it all. Yeah, love all those I'd, armor I'd, effects. I'd love, I'd love to. Um, if not, if not permanent armor effects, I'd love shield break effects. That'd be another cool thing, right? Where maybe your shield yeah. splinters off a certain way. We've already seen them. Um, they've changed pretty significantly how the plasma looks in this game, right? So it'd be cool to see them sort of have take that to the armor where it's like maybe your armor breaks and it looks super liquid liquidy maybe your armor breaks and it sort of has an electric sort of uh you know discharge or or like you said with pestilence maybe your armor breaks and there's sort of like a, a steam valve going off or something like that'd be pretty cool um yeah. to sort of add um, that th- there's one thing we we uh we overstepped too i forgot about this the uh the whole fracture thing with seasons like you can you're they're essentially going to add like these fractures that are going to introduce like uh very different like armor and stuff like that and right the yori armor is the first one of that the it's samurai looking armor which i love that armor it looks so good and those uh, those fractures so, yeah. are, they said they're going to be what like a, a week-long event where you have to yeah. work towards certain challenges or something. Yes, that is true. So that's going to be because three, three months is quite a long season, especially if they are true to their word about not being super grindy. Like you might be able to finish that in a month or a month and a half. So fractures is a, is an awesome way to circumvent any sort of, uh, you know, getting bored issue because if you have a three month long season and you've got three fractures, one at the beginning, one at the middle, one at the end, that is a surefire way to get players in who maybe have even already completed that that season, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that sounds great, and um, and I love I love love with all my heart the idea of being able to unlock 
something outside of the battle pass because like we say you get the tier 100 and everybody's got the tier 100 thing i still want yeah. i still want some sort of thing to be like hey look at i have this armor i earned it i did xyz and you have to yeah. do xyz to get this so um, kind of like the recon armor that uh halo 3 had with bungie right yeah or the made you work uh, for it or even i mean this this is a, this is not necessarily the greatest example but the uh the um the hayabusa in in uh, oh, three yes. where you had to you had to know a guy who knew a guy who knew a guy to get it <laughs> yeah um, exactly yeah i i just i i love that old that old tiny stuff and and uh, i think it's uh I'm, I'm happy to hear that that's what they're doing with the yori armor because if i had to guess i'm i'm guessing those challenges might be energy sword related right it's a it's a sort of uh, samurai inspired armor so maybe it's something yeah. to do with sword eliminations or something like that so that's God, those new sword uh uh visuals for master chief collection that they just released with the new season it looks so yes good. they yeah i love it. and even uh even jumping back to infinite i love the new we didn't get to see it in full but like the the uh the sword unholstering i guess you'll call it where it it sort of mm. fades from the fr- from the handle to the front and just how he he brings it up where he, like he's ready to throw a punch like it looks great it looks awesome i'm so excited to jump around and and mess around with that um yes yeah fu- future content for myself i mean like obviously i don't think it will happen but you know um if they were to add elites at some point that would be really cool um especially oh, good point. especially because they've gone back to from what we've seen, the elites look very similar to the Halo Reach elites, which I think were like definitely in their prime. They looked so menacing and so awesome. And like we just saw with Master Chief Collection, they had a whole elite themed season as well. So, um, I, I, th- I think that the important thing with elites, um, when they eventually come, because I think they will eventually come for sure. I think the important, I think the important thing is is to keep them uh, out of competitive, or at least keep it evenly in competitive so either all spartans or all elites in competitive because your hitboxes change absolutely uh, and that and that was one of the big problems with halo 2 and 3 really uh was elites had very different hitboxes than spartans did yeah and uh yeah it, it made gameplay not really even yeah it was it was not uh yeah it was definitely not balance at all i i i would hope that they would it, like if they add them just keep them out of competitive make it easy just don't even for sure that's yeah. that's super yeah that's that's an easy fix i think but um especially with, yeah. with we're talking about how um expansive uh forge might be right like i could see them like playable elites might lend that to forge quite a bit um and yes. uh i think uh, like invasion yes exactly right <laughs> so something good. like that that would be awesome um, so yeah, playable elites would be great, and then obviously that would that would also I think take some pressure off of them because instead of having to think up now, you know, that that's a season of content where you can take a break from thinking about new Spartan armor, and now you're making elite armor and elite customizations, right? And people wouldn't feel cheated out of that because that's another thing. This whole ten year promise. So that's four seasons a year. That's forty seasons. That's quite a lot of armor pieces, right? We're definitely gonna hit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to hit a stone wall at some point. Um, so anything that uh, the team can do to sort of give themselves some breathing room while also still delivering to fans. Like I think playable elites and having an elite theme season is a, is a given. And um, yeah. I mean, obviously you agree that they're probably going to add them at some point. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think uh, 
yeah so it, it, any any closing comments any any pie in the sky wishes anything that you want to add <laughs> to what we've seen from halo yeah uh i'll just say i'm i'm very excited for this game and uh it's literally been you know six years since halo 5 and there was not a <laughs> there was not a time that i was not disappointed or that i yeah that i wasn't disappointed by halo 5's campaign because it was so just disappointing after the for me halo 4 was such a powerful campaign right emotionally and uh yeah so i'm very excited to get back into infinite and play the campaign and love it so much and i hope i love it so much and multiplayer as well and uh yeah and matt 343 has done a phenomenal job over the last year with master chief collection and supporting it and like they they don't get the credit that they deserve for that and yes it was a terrible launch but man they have turned that game around completely as we both know and even the battle pass like it's ironic that nobody knew that master chief collection already had a very similar battle pass to what infinite is describing and people are like oh yeah that's awesome it's like go play master chief collection it's Uh, literally there even even Uh, some even some uh gaming websites were like halo's got a you know the wording of their headlines was like halo's introducing a new idea to battle pass it's like no like this this is this is in master chief collection this is a this is a proven like you know I mean this is already a thing yeah exactly and the the only other thing i will say is i i said it in the beginning of the show and i will say it again and a thousand times over halo infinite is 343's halo 3 and i am very very excited about that i i i i, I was happy to see you sort of uh, champion uh, championing that line because it is not only is it a great callback to does it is it relative to halo but also there is a quote and i i i kicked myself in the shin for not remembering which game designer said it but there's a famous quote where somebody said uh the third game is what uh of any franchise the third game is your final product the first game that you release yeah. is you're testing the idea the second game you have uh you work with any feedback you're given and if your game does not do well in the third like the third is your that is your final product so um yeah it, it's very parallel to what you're saying about uh uh infinite being 343's halo 3 this is their halo this is their halo in general this is their third game they've ha- they've been given uh so much feedback over the last oh god we're coming up on what nine years now um yeah you know, this is their time to shine. This is this is them to show us. Okay, we've we've made we've put out two games. We've gotten feedback from both. This is what we think we can do with Halo. So, yeah, absolutely, I agree with you. I think uh, this is shaping up to be, um, this is shaping up to be pretty good. My only my only problem with your catchphrase is that <laughs> it it inadvertently assumes that Halo Five is their Halo Two, and it is absolutely not. <laughs> true right? true so uh... I, I the way i always think of it in my head and this i know this isn't you know apples to apples but the way i always think of it is is like halo 2 was literally like the the heyday of multiplayer for halo, the halo franchise and like halo 5's multiplayer is great so that's how i always make that comparison that's i kind fair. of caveat it that's yeah. that is fair and and actually, the campaign of Halo 2 back in the day was a little bit controversial because of Arbiter taking up half of the missions of of the story. Uh, obviously, it holds up a lot better than what Halo 5 holds up to be, but yes. uh, it was a little bit controversial back in the day. It was controversial. I will say it was definitely... 
it was definitely polarizing, whereas Halo 5 is pretty much unanimously agreed to have an awful story, yeah. <laughs> where there are people like me who loved the addition of Arbor and thought that it was fantastic and it fleshed out the universe a lot more. But um, yeah. no, I'm, I'm just joking. I do think it's I do think that's a, that's a great tagline. And this is this definitely is, like I said, this is their third attempt. This is their Halo um, yeah. and, and their Halo 3, as you say. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, uh, but there's there's a tradition on this podcast, too, where um, at the end of every episode, I throw something at the guest that I didn't tell them about uh, because that's just Uh-oh. what I do. And <laughs> that's just that's just the thing that's that's happened it's it's the it's the result of my add riddled brain unfortunately but i thought about this midway through the show and i'm gonna fling something on you that you weren't prepared for how are you feeling about the halo tv show oh okay uh i'm actually very excited about it it the thing to me that i always want to see from tv and movies is i want them to, to take a property and make it in the best way that they can. It doesn't need to tie into the games. It doesn't need to tie into the same, you know, canon. It can be its own thing, but using this, this, you know, the overall idea and the characters that we've grown to love. And that's what it sounds like they're doing with the TV series, which excites me. And there was actually news today uh, that I saw. There was a lot of misinformation. People posting like, Oh, the second uh, the second showrunner for Halo TV series is leaving, and it's like, well, that that context isn't really the correct context because the original showrunner left the show before the production even started because he he told them that he didn't have the time to uh, commit to the entire TV series, and the second one who's been there since the beginning, he just announced that he will not return for a season two if there's a season two. He's going to finish season one. And then he's going to exit because he wants to come back to the U.S. because he's been working in Budapest for the last two years. Right. Uh, yeah, filming. It's like, guys, cut him a break. He just wants to go back to his family and such. Like, Oh, for on. sure. Context is a huge thing. But like we said like we said earlier, I don't, I don't know if it was before we started recording, but there seems to be a trend of when anything negative about Halo uh, or anything yeah. perceived negative about Halo happens, people jump on it. So, um, no, I, sure. I, I'm on the opposite end. I... Not a oh. not a huge fan. Um, I I will say I was super disappointed in the Halo community when they announced the casting for Miranda and uh, and Captain Keys because I thought that that was so much outrage that wasn't necessary at all. I have yeah. no problem with them mixing it up because in my mind the race of Captain Keys and Miranda matters not one bit to the story at all. Right. That's not my issue. My issue is the casting call that came out. Um, about the uh, Maquis character, this human that's raised among the Covenant that also hates humanity. That's just, uh, that's so not Halo to me. I, I hate that with all my, with every fiber of my being. Um, oh, I don't even, I don't, I don't even think I've seen that. <laughs> yes, that's, that's a storyline they're going with. And to me, that's just, it seems very studio executive that doesn't understand the, the universe thinking this will add drama, but it's like, ah, oh, that kind of, yeah. that kind of spits in the face of everything like the covenant stands for. Like they see humanity as a threat to their religion. So that doesn't really right. make a whole lot of sense. So that, that actually that one point and the fact that it's been in development hell for so long, I'm kind of worried. It does have a yeah. fantastic cast. I will say that uh, Pablo Schreiber is master chief and, and uh, Bo Keem Woodbine is playing it. Um, I don't know if he's a new Spartan, Soren 066. He might be in the expanded universe, but um, yeah. And so, have have you seen any uh, any leaks from this? Uh, are you talking about the the screen caps? 
like the pictures yeah i have yes yeah. i did i did see okay. them so so go ahead I, those got me like even more excited because i accidentally stumbled upon like cause i follow a ton of people on twitter that are halo fanatics so right like I stumbled upon them and I was like, holy shit, this looks amazing. Like just the visual like aspect of it. Like, Oh, it looks so like realistic and gritty. And that's, I think that's why I liked it because like usually when I sit down and watch like TVs and TV shows and movies, I don't like always think about the story. I'm, I'm kind of just like in it for like the excitement. And that's kind of why I love the Marvel movies so much because it's not what it's not that they have these complex stories they're just they're actually often very similar stories but i just love like the the visual uh whatever you want to call that spectacle spectacle yes thank you um yeah and that's and that's totally fair and this this is another thing where it's you're either one of two camps because i'm also i I got i get a lot of shit from my friends because i'm on the opposite i'm very much uh i'll say a self-admitted snob-esque where i'm kind of like (laughs) i'm definitely one of those guys where it's like anything hbo that comes out i have to watch it immediately because it's like oh the production value the writing the bloody blah so i definitely do fall on that other end i will say from the leaked screenshots it looks a lot better than i was expecting i was definitely in my mind with how long it's been in development and you never know with with uh with these different networks how much respect and how much um budget they're going to give something like you know what i mean like you don't know if they're going to sort of lowball them and I, in my mind i was expecting like sci-fi level uh cgi i was really worried so i was happy to see those screenshots because i'm like this does look pretty good like i'm i'm ex- i'm happy with how everything looks but like i said that one casting call kind of threw me for a loop a little bit i was like oh yeah, that's that's kind of super antithetical to like like what the yeah. covenant stands for that kind of just throws everything out of whack but like you said yeah. it's not canon you can kind of enjoy it on your own i will say um, if you haven't already, if the Halo show comes out and it's really, really bad and it upsets everybody, if you haven't watched the show yet, I'd recommend saving it because it kind of might fill that void if the show ends up bombing. Uh, it's called The Expanse. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. Hmm, I have not. Okay, so it was it was a show that aired on Sci-Fi um, and actually did have a really low budget. The first season's kind of hard to watch because of how everything looks kind of a little bit silly, but... In terms yeah. of the tone, as a fellow Halo fan, I will say, um, if you're looking for something new to watch, I would recommend maybe saving this one until the Halo show comes out. Because if that disappoints you, The Expanse, as a Halo fan, I'm really pleased with. Very similar tone, um, mm. uh, like grounded sci-fi type thing. Um, so definitely, yeah, put that in your back pocket because uh, I'm watching that right now and I, I might stop and pause and wait because I do want the Halo TV series to be so good. But yeah it might not be you never know right i i agree i and to circle back real quick about your comments about uh the race of miranda and captain keys that's i don't understand why people even you know care about that because it's It's this isn't yeah this isn't it's not like like i said they're using the characters from the game but it's not literally the it's not the same universe like i would get it if people were, were like okay, Miranda is now a a different race in the game because it wouldn't make sense, you know, in terms of storytelling. Like, she all of a sudden is a different race. But that's not how this is. This is a completely separate thing. Like, people, yeah, people are terrible and just 
Yeah, I was I was really disappointed because there were some there were some Halo channels that I followed that were so up in arms about it, and I was like, oh come on, like it's not even like yeah. my my thing when it comes to adaptations of any kind, and like The Witcher is a great example because The Witcher changed some races of of characters. But my yeah. my final stance on anything is that if somebody comes in and nails the audition and and feels like that character, give them the role. Because yeah. the actress that plays Yennefer in in The Witcher is fantastic, and the actress yeah. that plays Twit or uh, Twitch—I don't know why I said Twitch—that uh, <laughs> plays uh, that that plays Triss completely different from the character description. And well, she didn't get any screen time, so we don't know. But she's <laughs> she seems great. Uh, like that's one of those things where, yeah, I, like like especially Captain Keys. If we're just going by the games and not the books. Captain Keys is I hate to say it, he's really irrelevant to the grand scheme of things. Like to get up hey. to get up I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> he 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 gets got real quick, alright? He's like, oh I'll go check out this weapon cache and he gets immediately got. I I, I love Captain Keys. I, I will say when <laughs> when I freaking I when I beat Reach at the end and Captain Keys shows up, I was like, Oh my gosh, yes, please. That was you. a great callback. And you know what? Like yeah. like I, I'm a sucker, I'm a sucker for um for good voices and it was great to hear oh it's great to hear him and you know thank you spartan you know and he flies the same the same voice actor that many years later yep it was great it was that was you know that gave me a warm fuzzy feeling but you know eh, (laughs) i don't know you could you you could replace captain keys with a different character and i don't i don't think it would really affect the grand scheme of the original trilogy oh you're 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 defecating on one of my favorite <laughs> I'm speaking I blasphemy all right that's my bad that's my bad but <laughs> yeah i i uh, i personally did not did not really care about that like that i, th- I thought that was such a non-issue especially yeah. especially like you yeah. said given that it's not canon um but for yes. me personally even if this was supposed to be a retelling of the original trilogy i, I wouldn't mind that stuff doesn't yeah me yeah yeah like i said the only the only thing that i would feel would be weird is if they position like put them in the game you know following the previous events that we've already played and they just change race randomly that would be weird for sure sure. absolutely like especially already in the established game universe that would be weird yes almost like when 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 343 kind of retconned the armor design everybody was kind of taken aback a little bit where it's like oh is there like is there a lore reason like for this like this is a little strange but then you get used (laughs) to it and and whatnot but yeah yeah, so that uh, that is our that is our show on Halo Infinite. We are this is the longest ever. Holy crap, we're almost at two hours. This, I'm so sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for keeping you. Um, no, you're good. Uh, yeah, we're, okay. So that that's our Halo Infinite uh, themed episode. Um, Dan, thank you so much for joining me because I I have a lot of friends and none of them are super into Halo. And like I said at the beginning of the show, um, I saw Infinite and I was like, man, I got to talk about this. Man, I absolutely have to talk about this. So thank you so yes. much for uh, coming on the show and and talking about Halo Infinite. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. And we got we definitely got to play sometime. Absolutely. So. Um, hey, um, Halo 2 and 3, uh, those are yeah. games that similar to left for dead i am always in the mood to play i will never yeah. <laughs> i might not be playing them 24 7 but if i'm sitting here idle and somebody says hey do you want to do halo 3 campaign i'm gonna go yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely so yes for sure for sure yeah um absolutely we can we can exchange information after the show and whatnot but um yeah, yeah. that uh that that about does it folks um if you enjoyed what you heard and consider sticking around, we post uh, every weekend on Spotify and now Google podcasts as well. Um, 
And that's it. Guess who still doesn't know how to outro his show? It's me. So, goodbye, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man.